Welcome into part two of The Lion's Den. I'm Tom Hackett alongside Spencer the Govorn. It's just the two of us today as uh, we're going to recap the Montreal Impact game that occurred Wednesday evening and we'll give you a quick preview of the upcoming encounter with the New York Red Bulls along with a few other tidbits thrown in there, I'm sure. But Spenno, welcome. How uh, How's your day been, my friend? Good, I'm not at work, so uh, just hanging out with you for a little bit. So uh, the day has ultimately got, got brighter. Very nice, and it's nice outside, mind you. It's We're, we're recording on Thursday, and uh, looking at the schedule, the weather schedule, not that I'm a weatherman or anything, but uh, sun for the foreseeable future, which is uh, bright, pun in the pun. Um, obviously, that's that's the idea. I mean, obviously, I moved over to the United States to get away from the horrendous weather that we've had in May so far in Utah. And uh, if we can start trending towards summertime weather, I'm all for it. The pools are open in daybreak. Very well, nice. My my hood is uh, it a nice hood. I can't stand daybreak to be honest with you, but uh, my wife and my family absolutely love it and Didn't adore they? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where all the friends are, and you know, it's kids, you know, wife, friends, blah, blah, blah. I just keep the peace. I don't know how long for. Very nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. best of luck with that. And, Thanks, uh, man. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, there's a big Liverpool game coming up this Saturday, Spenno. Yeah, against your Tottenham. Uh, kind you, of my you like Tottenham. Tottenham. I I I wouldn't say I'm like an avid Tottenham fan in the sense that I you know I watch every single one of the games. Although I'd like to, it's just I'd rather play golf or on Saturday in. mornings. I don't sleep in much anymore. You're getting old, Tom. I must be getting old. Same 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 issue. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, get, I'm up at get up. I'm up at eight eight thirty on a Saturday. Really that late. I know, so that uh, I used to sleep in a lot longer, <laughs> mind you. If I'm playing golf, though, you know, crack of dawn out there at 6.30. Oh, yeah, and you've got to do that in the summer anyway, otherwise it just gets way too hot by, towards the end of the round, yeah. surely. Yeah, and it's the missus sleeps in, and by the time I'm home, she's, you know, just getting ready, so anyway. Um, yeah, massive game, though, massive game, Champions League football. Champions um, League finals. Uh, yeah, no. I guess, yeah, uh, yeah, no, don't. Um, I, I'm still, yeah, it's been a horrendous week at work for me. Uh, concentration. Um, excitement, nervousness. Had a bit of an upset stomach, if I'm honest, Tom. Have you? Uh, not not through food, just through nerves. I always get like that for Liverpool and finals. Like. Really? Yeah. The ter- bowels are moving. Yeah, yeah. Freely. Right. I would recommend drinking uh, some fibre. Two oh, okay. scoops of fibre, if uh, if you have any, just go purchase it at uh, local pharmacies. Does that? Does that? Make it a bit more solid. Yeah, so if you have um, diarrhea, it'll make it solid, and if you're constipated, it'll loosen it up. Oh, so it gives you a nice balance. Yeah, so it actually it can do no harm, essentially. So that, there's my um, there's the hot tip of the week for you. Dr. Hackett. Yes. Uh, I would be a horrendous doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, all right. Uh, Real Salt Lake lost for the first time. Well, they were they had three games in which they picked up three points in all three of them so they're unbeaten in three yes and then they went on the road and they um they lost 2-1 which was a shame in fact this next month spenno is really really important for real salt lake and uh and their future in 2019 as as they need to pick up points to solidify themselves as a playoff contender 
Yeah, it really is a, a massive, massive month. Obviously, there's there's a little bit of a break here after New York Red Bulls. There is the Open Cup game. Um, that it, was released today. It was. So we're at home, which is nice. Another home game. It is LAFC, so it will be a tough opponent. You'd expect to see a little bit of rotation with both squads. Uh, but that's going to be on, played on the 11th or the 12th of June. So it's right in the middle of that uh, that break. Correct. But I, be- I believe there's there's Gold Cup going on or, or there's a FIFA international break in Mexico play Cuba, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and so I'm hoping Carlos Vela, who, in my opinion, is the best player in Major League Soccer right now, he will not be a part of that LAFC team, and, and if so, know. if so, if so, the the chances for Real Salt Lake to, uh, to go through the fourth round of the US Open Cup goes up drastically. If he accepts the uh, the call-up. I know that he's been telling Tata Martino down, so um, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm not sure if he's going to be part of the Gold Cup squad, which would suck. But yes. he, might, he, he might be rested anyway. Right. But anyway, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. But I think uh, later on today you'll find out the actual date, though, the Tuesday the 11th or, or Wednesday the 12th, and kick-off time at Rio Tinto Stadium. I'm sure you can figure out how to get your tickets there if it's not in your season ticket package. Right, but for Real Salt Lake, they have they do have a decent break. Their next home game isn't until the 28th of June. So so they play uh, the Red Bulls this upcoming Saturday mm-hmm. at, at 5 o'clock, uh, and then they have a break until the 22nd of June in which mm-hmm. they face Chicago in Chicago. Um, and then the following week is, is when they return on the 29th, Pardon me if I said the 28th earlier. It's the 29th, and it's a late game. It's a it's an 8 o'clock kickoff, which is a Saturday against Sporting Kansas City, who have been really, really disappointing this season, despite the talent on that roster. You hate to see uh, it. And the, the one, Johnny Russell, who is really their, their only hope, it seems. He's got a hat-trick. Um, a few games ago, uh, this past week, I believe, and, and to get them the win... Three two. So um, anyway, we 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 digress. It's uh, it's it's an interesting month of football coming up with with not too much football being played, which is good, I think, for Real Salt Lake and for every other major league soccer club out there, as they do get some rest. As it's a long season, and uh, it's a grueling season, as it is uh, uh, coming into these summer months. As we were talking about the weather earlier, it's starting to get hotter and hotter and. Uh, it it makes for some some difficult playing conditions, especially here in Salt Lake City with with the altitude, the dry heat. Um, the players are going to need to rest, and hopefully they can get themselves right. You know, I'm I'm talking about Tony Beltrans and and for Carl Beckerman who has has had a hard time this season uh, with a hamstring injury. Hopefully they can get back on track and and figure things out. But anyway, let's talk about Montreal, Spenno. Um, mm-hmm. The opening five minutes was played solely on on Montreal's terms. In fact, they were unlucky not to score within the twice. first twice yeah. within the first five minutes. Uh, one one ricocheting off uh, the crossbar, and then uh, another diving Nick Romando save preventing the opening goal. Uh, and then outside of that, it was it was pretty sloppy in the first half. There wasn't too much action until until Montreal were able to put one in the back of the net. In stoppage time, mm-hmm. uh, that that goal occurring in uh, like the forty seventh minute, literally final kick of the half. Omar Brown 
who had opportunities in that first half but was unable to to score, eventually found his way into the back of the net. And it was it was an easy goal in the end. In fact, it was really disappointing uh, to see how much space he was able to generate in the box um, in the 47th minute. Yeah, it wasn't really closed down from out wide, uh, Bakari Sanya, um, with uh, Justin Portillo. Just a little um, a little slow to, to, to cut... Uh, Close him down, and then in the box, Eric Holt and and Justin Guy kind of on the heels a little bit. A, a cracking finish by Omar Brownie, though. But uh, I mean, it, it was really disappointing because you felt that RSL in the middle portion of that half of the first half had really grown into the game after a shaky start, particularly with the five changes that were made. Um, an all homegrown back line, uh, a new centre back partnership, and and a new right back uh, coming in. Uh, you obviously got Justin Portillo sitting in front of those two as well. I thought after those early nerves uh, and maybe lack of communication or, or lack of fluidity, um, they um, they they did a really really good job. But uh, yeah, it was really really disappointing to, to be one goal down uh, at half time after coming back into the game so well. What I also noticed on that goal was that um, Portillo got pushed out to the left hand side. In, in the hopes of closing down Bakary Sagna, Sagna and, and he struggled at doing that. Justin Glad, Eric Holt, as you mentioned, I, I would add Joao Platter in there as well. He was, he was rather lackadaisical in, in crashing uh, the open space in the box. Uh, you, you saw on the replays, he was kind of jogging into the area and then realised that RSL were in some strife uh, and started to run, but it was too late to make a challenge. He was behind... Omar Brown, if he had made a challenge, uh, it, it would have potentially resulted in a penalty kick, so he refrained from doing so, and it was a, a, an inside left strike, uh, inside the left boot strike from Omar Brown, he tucked it into the bottom left-hand corner, Nick Romando didn't even have time to uh, to get down and make an attempt on the ball, um, and that was the final kick of the game. So, uh, final kick of the half, I should say, so RSL went into the halftime break, down a goal, and then we saw what was expected of that's the phone ringing in the studio this is brilliant this is like I gotta leave it in you can't cut this out no I wouldn't know how to cut it out Spenno (laughs) (laughs) answer it because that is old school no I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna politely just hang up so we're in a different studio and um, what if that was your boss well, he can come find me. He or she can come find me. And if they're trying to find me, then uh, then this will be the last podcast we do. <laughs> but that's all right. Let's it, was get... fun. it was a good run. It was Let's great. be honest. Fun Fantastic. Run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be you and Matty Gash from here on out. So best of luck. Nobody wants that. No, everybody me and does, we'll just, I think. We'll just start talking about life and stuff, uh, random d- tangents. Bless Trevor's heart. He'll also think that you know he'll, he'll become a, a focal point on the podcast himself. Um, and and that's a discussion you're going to have to have with Trevor. That ain't happening. Look, Trev, sorry, Trev. Love you, mate. Yeah, but, we do yeah. love you. Not happening. Though. Um. Anyway, moving forward, if the phone rings again, I do apologise. I'll hang up. But um. So what I was what I was getting at, Spino, was I I and I knew this was going to happen in the second half because you you concede a goal late in the first, despite being on the road. And and I don't know what the, the correct terminology is, but but bunkering down is what I've always used. Montreal just played incredibly deep, and 
created very little space for, for the likes of Albert Rusnak to mm-hmm. operate in, in which he was able to find space in that first half, I thought. Albert was, was on the ball more than we've seen this season, in my opinion. He, he was unable to do that in the second half because they bunkered down and, and, and didn't allow any space for Real Salt Lake to operate mm-hmm. in. And, and Real Salt Lake had a hard time answering. And it's not just a problem RSL's had in the past. It's, it's a major league soccer problem. A lot of teams, whether it's because they don't have... Um, the the skill to do it, or they just don't know how to operate in that manner. I I don't have an answer for you. Mike Petke doesn't have an answer. I don't think either. Um, but RSL really struggled generating chances in that in that second half. Uh, Sam Johnson was able to score in the forty eighth minute, only for it to be called offside, and uh, it was the correct decision. It was offside by about a foot or two. Um, but it was it was a really um, frustrating game mm-hmm. to watch, in my opinion. If you were a fan of Real Salt Lake, because there was no space to operate, and there were, there were very little chances. Uh, Montreal is is a counter attacking team, so they do sit deep, um, try and get you to play through them. Don't give you any space in behind. Um, that's why uh, it you know the ball ball work um, uh, was was at a premium with regards to the, the moving from side to side to try and get some space. Jefferson Savarino get, getting in behind maybe a couple of times. Joao Plata was ineffective for me. Um, looks like his head's already moved down to south of the border, in my opinion. Uh, but with the fact that there was three games in nine, ga- nine days, I understand why he played. Um, I think the club is relieved that he came off um, uninjured. I think he's Relieved that he come off without any knocks. Um, when you're getting this close to the transfer window, um, this is um, you know it's it's the business end of the season for Real Salt Lake. They can't afford for players going down. He can't afford to uh, for transfers to go th- to not go through. Uh, when you're going to use that money to replace those said players, and at the same time, you don't want to burn out uh, Bofo Salcedo, who has been really really good since he came in against uh, Colorado Rapids a few weeks ago. Um, Obviously, you you fully expect him to start against New York Red Bull. So um, it was a a tough going. Albert Rusnak got onto the ball quite a lot, but then had to come off with a knock as well, which is a concern for Saturday. His ankle was already uh, heavily strapped before they placed that ice on on that leg. So I'm I'm hoping that's not too serious. And then you throw into the fact that Demir Kryluk is going to be suspended for New York Red Bulls after uh, yellow card accumulation. Uh, that's that's a big one for me because he'd be the natural player if Albert isn't good enough to go to to move forward um, and unlock you know coming with those deep runs where where he might be of of use against New York, but yeah, it was a tough old slog against Montreal. Um, but the last fifteen minutes give you hope of what RSL can do because they 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 really did kick into another gear. I wish it had happened. 20 minutes earlier I'm sure uh, but that's the ebb and flow of a game you can't there's some things you can control there's some things that uh, that you just have to be patient with yeah it was it was a frust- as I said earlier it was a very frustrating game in my opinion to watch so as, as we go through kind of the stats and the numbers here Sophia Tider scored from the penalty spot in the 68th minute mm-hmm. after uh, Donny Toya Clashed uh, with with Bakary Sagner making a run into the into the penalty area, uh, slight, ever so slight tug of the jumper that didn't take Sagner down. It, it was the clash of the ankles that uh, gave the referee um, the correct decision to point to the spot. Uh, but I think we can both agree it was a penalty 
Spenno? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen him given. Obviously, we saw that uh, t- last night, and we've seen him not given as well. Um, I don't think it was fully intentional, uh, but at the same time, it's a goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, he's di- he's driving into the box. The clashes of, of legs happen, but at the same time, um, it, yeah, he, he's 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 the one who's who's won that uh, that foot race and uh, was about to take a, a strike on goal. So RSL find, finds themselves or found themselves down two goals with uh, with about twenty minutes left of play. And uh, fortunately, that, that last 15 minutes in which you harped on briefly about earlier mm-hmm. was impressive. Um, look, Sam Johnson got on the end of a uh, Demir Krylak header in which Corey Baird should have probably put it away himself and mm-hmm. whiffed on it. And, uh, and that was in the 84th minute. So the final 10 minutes of play, um, to be exact, was, was very interesting. There, there were some, some chances for Real Salt Lake to, to equalise. Uh, only for it not to be, but uh, regardless, it, it was an okay. It was an okay affair up there in Montreal. Um, it was always going to be a difficult task. They uh, they they have three games in nine days, two of them being over on the east coast, um, and and that's a fair ways to travel. RSL struggled on the east coast, as east coast teams often struggle on the west coast, mm-hmm. as we saw, kind of Atlanta United have a hard time with Toronto, had a really hard time coming to Rio Tinto Stadium and and playing a decent brand of soccer. And, and, and I thought RSL played an okay brand, uh, probably not good enough to pick up a point. And the scoreline was reflective of that, a 2-1 loss. So uh, you, mm-hmm. we also have to, I guess, mention and, and, and discuss that the lineup was incredibly young and different. In, in fact, the back four consisted of entirely homegrown mm-hmm. players, when you look at Donny Toya, Eric Holt, Justin Glad, and uh, and and Brooks Lennon on uh, on the right back, mm-hmm. um, Justin Portillo came in, got his first start of the season, playing in the uh, centre of the park, and uh, it was always going. To, it, when the lineup was released, you, you knew as an RSL fan it was always going to be a difficult test for these younger guys to see how they matched up at uh, the professional level. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I fully expected um, a few hairy moments at the back line. I, I, I expected a little um, time to adjust um, because it has been very, very settled, that back line. Justin Glad, Nader Monoua, uh, Donny Toya, and, and Aaron Herrera with, with Nick or Andrew putting uh, behind them. Um, the midfield has, has been really solid as well for the last few weeks in Nick Beasler, who's been night and day uh, compared to to where he was in my own mind of what he could achieve, I think he's been really good with Demir Krylak. Um So no slight on Aaron Lennon coming in at right back. No slight on Justin Portillo making his full Major League Soccer debut, uh, or Eric Holt coming back from injury. Both had you know they both had some minutes. I think Portillo and Holt, along with Marcelo Silva, got full ninety minutes under their belt again for the Monarchs on the weekend. Um, side note. Marcelo Silva and Kyle Beckerman are flying out with Matt Gash today to New York, so they will be they'll, they'll be available. Uh, I imagine play. one of them, At if least. not both of them, I, I would, would I, play. Yeah, uh, well, obviously with Demir not being available, Nick Beasler, maybe Everton Louise is probably a little bit ahead uh, of, of Kyle Beckerman with regards to fitness. Again, it's you know all up for discussion. It's 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 kind of uh, exciting uh, to, to see the test of this death but I did expect the back line to have a few moments where they um, 
needed some adjustment, needed some time. Obviously, with uh, Ignacio Piatti not starting for uh, Montreal, that was uh, a great, um, I guess, lift to the spirits. Probably not seeing his his name up there. Obviously, uh, Maxi Arudi is is a, a player that I admire. Um, and then Okuonu, uh, who came over from Bologna as well, he is uh, the same club as uh, Safa Taida, um, wasn't available. I think he was injured in the last match. So there, there were some adjustments that they had to make as well. And as the home team, um, I felt like they adjusted it just a little bit better than RSL coming out of the blocks. Um, but all in all, there was enough There was enough talent out there with Demir Krylik, Albert Rusnak, Sam Johnson, Savarino, and even Joao Plata. There was enough talent to, to cause a few more problems and get in behind and break down uh, that, that, uh, that, again, a much-changed back line um, for uh, a midfield for, uh, for uh, Montreal. Yeah, very much. I, I was uh, somewhat disappointed in uh, the performance that Sam Johnson gave. He, he got all 90 minutes under his belt, and yes, he did score, but he, he did not have the football nearly as much as I was hoping he would or find the football. Um, and look, part of that is, is the way Montreal play, deep in their own yeah, half. Yeah, you, you have to give them... You know, props for for sure. isolating him, absolutely. And and I I came to the same conclusion. I was like, has Sam touches the ball yet? Well, in the first half in particular, yeah, he tough he, old slog, very much so. And uh, Joao Plata tried to play him in a few times um, for it to be unsuccessful and chopped off by uh, by Montreal players. But but he 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 did not have much of an impact in that first half. He was mm. better in the second, uh, but that first half was a right old struggle for Sam, who has spent the last few weeks on the bench due to missing a uh, a team meeting or being 20 minutes late to a team meeting, I should say, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So um, hopefully he can find the form he, he once had um, when he was in that stretch of, of starting games for Al Salt Lake. But uh, only time will tell. Um, going back to the back four before we get out of here quickly, uh, I was pleasantly surprised, Spano, with the performance of Eric Holt. That, that young man is built... Um, with broad shoulders, to uh, to say the very least, he he was he was good. I thought, I, you know, you look at the back four prior to the game starting and thinking, okay, Donny Toyer's played enough football; he should be okay. Justin Glad's played plenty of football for his age; he'll be fine. And Brooks Lennon's played a lot of minutes now at right back, so he um, he should be okay. Eric Holt was the one concern for me going into the game and coming out of it. I thought he was arguably the the best player alongside Justin Glad that. As a defender, you know, I thought Donny Toya had a hard time mm-hmm. throughout the course of the game. Brooks Lennon still having a hard time kind of figuring out when the right time is to go forward and uh, and when it is to defend. He often gets caught running up the side, the right-hand flank, um, and not being utilised and then, you know, burning all his fuel and having a hard time getting back into his position at right back to help defend. And we saw that again against Montreal. So uh, props to Eric Colt. He deserves all the credit. As, as we look at some of the numbers, quickly, we talked about how Real Salt Lake were probably deserving of a 2-1 loss. Uh, and, and the numbers speak truly of that. 15 shots for Montreal to RSL's 8. Mm-hmm. Four shots on target for both teams, though, so that tells you that RSL were uh, were better in front of goal, uh, more accurate, I should say, in front of goal than Montreal had, but Montreal were able to generate more more passes. The one statistic that, that I think speaks truly of of where RSL are at, and again, Montreal are a counter-attacking team, Spenno, so maybe you, you would expect this, but uh, 57% 
possession in mm-hmm. favor of Real Salt Lake to the 43% of Montreal. I, I think that's been very reminiscent of, of how Real Salt Lake have been playing over the last month or so. Mm-hmm. They've been able to control the football, and generally when they when they can do that, they, uh, they, they come out on top, or at least they give themselves a very good chance of coming out on top, unfortunately. That didn't uh, pan out the way Mike Pecky was hoping for last night. Yeah, I mean, obviously, possession's really good. It's what you do with it. Um, you know, you can pass all day long. Um, doesn't it? Doesn't mean that you're you're effective. I do feel that uh, the RSL's build up has increased, and their um, their energy and and willingness to run has has increased. I I really. Um, I'll go back to that injury time cross at the top of the area from Bofo Salcedo that he curled into the back post. As soon as he came onto the field, um, there was a different vibe around the team, and we really, really missed him. Um, do I think that he could have? And I, I talked about earlier about burnout, still being a young player, adapting to to being the number one man on the left wing right now for Real Salt Lake, if not the the most informed player for Real Salt Lake as well. Do I think that he could have handled three games in eight days? Absolutely. He's I young. Think, he's young enough. I think he should have started uh, on uh, last night instead of Joao Plata, and I think he should start again, obviously, uh, at the weekend. I think he's got enough time to recover. He's young enough, and he's that bang in form that until he came on, we were a little lackadaisical, that left-hand side, Joao Plata. I'm not going to you know, dig him out uh, over and over again. He's done wonderful things for this club. Um, I get it. But hindsight is a wonderful thing, right, Tom? And hindsight is great for, for Mike Pecky. Um, if he'd have known, maybe just overthought it slightly. I think Bofo should should uh, should have started uh, last night. And I think that if, if he does, Bakari Sanya would have had a lot more to do than, than he did on the night. Let's, uh, l- l- let's take a quick time out. Give us 30 seconds of your time. We'll be right back. Let's talk about our lineup predictions for the Red Bulls game this upcoming weekend and uh, what Real Salt Lake need to do in the hopes of picking up three points on the road, which, as we found out the hard way, is much more easier said than done. Give us 30 seconds. Welcome back into the Lions Den. I'm Tom Hackett alongside Spencer the Gov Warn. You can check us out on Twitter. Spenno's at, at Spenno underscore 77. I'm at Tom Can't Hackett. Uh, big game coming up for Real Salt Lake this upcoming weekend. Spenno was, uh, well, Real Salt Lake won three on the trot before going to Montreal, which we talked about in the first part of the uh, the show. Uh, they end up losing that 2-1. Uh, they, st- they still sit in a in a playoff spot. Mind you, Real Salt Lake are in sixth place in the Western Conference with 19 points, two points behind Minnesota United, who are on 21. They do have a goal difference now, do Real Salt Lake of negative two, which is a problem. They're uh, they're going to New York, which isn't all that far from Montreal. I imagine about a 45-minute plane ride uh, somewhat south to uh, New York City. Uh, New York sitting in fifth spot. They were third. Uh, but Montreal, after their win over Real Salt Lake, jumped a handful of spots into third. So New York are in uh, in fifth with 21 points, alone fifth on 21. They they have a goal difference of plus five. So um, they have scored more goals and conceded less than Real Salt Lake. And uh, Real Salt Lake are a long way from home um, out there on the East Coast. And, uh, well, since Mike Petke took over the reins from uh, Jeff Kassar, Mike has had a very hard time picking up points on the road, specifically on the East Coast. Jeff Kassar, however, did have a similar issue himself, so uh, maybe it's not just Mike 
who uh, who has an issue uh, regardless um as we look at new york as we as we look ahead to new york uh they're coming off a 2-0 win over mls newlyweds fc cincinnati cincinnati um who are poor so yeah you, you kind of can't take too much um away from that game but uh, they they play a 4-2-3-1 formation they have talent uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, who has caused a lot of headaches for Real Salt Lake in the past, is uh, is returning and, and may well start, given his uh, track record against the Claret and Cobalt. So uh, who knows? But let, let's talk, Spenno, about Real Salt Lake and, and maybe some of the changes uh, expected. Um, you, you mentioned in the first segment that, that Carl Beckerman, who's coming off a hamstring injury, and Marcelo Silva, who, who had a, a muscle injury himself, um, is flying out with Matty Gash today, the Thursday, to New York City, and, and they're a real chance to potentially get some playing time. But there are spots up for grabs, there's no doubt about it. Do, do you imagine Kyle... I mean, who do you think is going to to come into the lineup against New York that that maybe played against Montreal last night? Do you see the backfall staying the same? I imagine changes Mm. in the midfield. Yeah, no, I imagine there's going to be changes, quite a few changes around the field. Um, I think that when you look at it, um, Nick Romando is your goalkeeper. That's that's who it is. the only I'm, I, I'm thinking Marcelo Silva and Nadem Onuha come in to centre back partnership, or it's going to be Nadem and uh, Justin. Uh, but I, I think it will be the two veterans um, in uh, Nadem and, and Marcelo that will play centre back partnership. Um, the one that's that's I'm I wouldn't say second guessing myself is where does Aaron Herrera plays because he plays. He comes on. I'm wondering if he plays left back and, and uh, Brooks Landon keeps his right back slot because Donny Toya, uh, for the cracking uh, little, um, I, I would say, half a dozen games that he's played at left back um, the last night and I would say towards maybe the second half of this second half against Atlanta United, um, wasn't too hot. Uh, and I'm wondering if that's just the amount of games he's played um, just just a little bit of tiredness creeping in, um, maybe a little bit more recovery time. Can he do another 90-minute shift? Absolutely. Um, so I, that's that's where I'm starting to, I wouldn't say second-guess myself, but wonder if there is an option to, to for Brooks to keep that right, bo- that right uh, back slot um, and, um, and and Aaron come in at left back, or we just go back and revert to, to the, the, the full backs that we, we've got used to. The reason I say that is if we do have Kyle Beckerman and Everton Louise that are coming in midfield, or Everton Louise and, and Nick Beasler, um, because obviously Demir is, is suspended, um, the cover is better, the protection is better. Uh, with Everton and, and Nick Beasley. Nick Beasley has done a really, really good job when Kyle went down of protecting that back four um, with playing alongside Demir Kralik. Demir is a great player, but he's not that sitting midfielder. He he was very, very disciplined while while captaining the side. Uh, but uh, you, you expect him, you expect the protection of Nick Beasley and Everton Louise to be better than the protection of Everton Louise, Demir Kralik, or Kyle Beckerman, Demir Kralik, or Nick Beasley, Demir Kralik. Not slighting Demir, I love him, uh, but we just know what his strengths are. Sure. Um, and then the uh, other ones that you're thinking of, how fit is is um, is Albert Rusnak? It didn't look good. 
That's but, that's I what mean, I would say. When he had his when hand. Albert gets, goes down and hurt, then you know he's hurt. He's not one for play acting, rolling around like when he hurt his finger. Sure, you know, dislocated his finger. He was like, oh, "It's only my finger. It hurt." Popped it back in. Play on. Um, he's done a lot of traveling internationally. Comes back jet lagged, tired legs. Wants to start. Wants to play. He wants to play as many minutes as possible. If he's not good to go, then I expect to see Bofo Salcedo on the left-hand side, Jefferson Savarino on the right-hand side, and then maybe tweak the formation, maybe more of a 4-4-2 with Corey Baird, maybe just playing as a second striker with, uh, with Sam Johnson. So, again, there's, there's certainly, that's what they did towards the end. Sure. Uh, but it was Savarino that went into the middle with, with Sam Johnson and Corey Baird went out to the right. Um, I think Corey Baird is better out the right. But he's also got a ton of experience, Rookie of the Year last year, playing up top. Um, I'd like to see that. But I also know that Savarino has the ability to play centrally as well. It's, it's, it's a fascinating conversation that we can have for a long, long time. I, I agree with, with just about everything you said, Spino. I, I think Aaron Herrera will play. I think Donny Toya will keep his left-back spot. And Aaron Herrera will play at right-back. And then Nadem's for sure coming back at centre-back. And I... Uh, I think Marcelo Silva will join him. However, that is up for discussion. Justin Portillo will not play, in my opinion. And obviously, Demir Krylak will not play as he suffered uh, another yellow card. Um, so, so he will not be able to play. He won't even be on the bench. He'll mm-hmm. be watching from the stands. But uh, Maybe he, even fly home. He may well even fly home, get some extra days rest of recovery. But uh, I doubt it. Uh, after Matty Gash told us the story of, mm-hmm. uh, of Demir up to Seattle. Up to Seattle, sitting in the stands. I have a hard time seeing him come home. He'll be want, he'll be wanting to watch that game. Anyway, regardless, it's it's irrelevant. I think Beasley will play. I think so. I think Beasley will I play think he's centrally. Spot on there, Tom, I he, think he does. I think he's not done anything to warrant no not playing. He's in form, which is why why I think he would play. And then I think Everton will join him as Everton's come off the bench the last handful of games. Kyle has not even been on the bench, so Kyle seems like he's a few days away, but. He might come off the bench depending on how Everton holds up. Uh, Everton. Similar, similar to how Everton has been used over the last few weeks, I, I would, I would think. What I don't want to see is obviously at the age of thirty-seven, your captain, yeah, your influential captain, um, plays too much. If it's a small niggle, and there's going to be plenty of recovery time, probably doesn't have to start for the U.S. Open Cup, and then you're looking at the twenty-second. But at the age of 37... You have to be very careful. You have to go careful. Now, as we know, Kyle is tougher than coffin nails. He's, he's as hard as anybody that's in this league. Um, and he'll play through a lot of things that we don't know about. Uh, and Matt's alluded to that. Trey Fitzgerald alluded to that. Coaching staff in the past have alluded to that. He'll play through certain things. Um, but as at some point, it catches up with you. Um, even as a punter at the U, um, nah. you've seen college. You've seen college kids though that have a lot younger than us. You and that'll play through things and sure. uh, that that'll mess them up. And obviously, uh, that's what you don't want. We don't want to lose him for longer than we need to because sure. it is towards the end of his career. And if he is to retire this year or next, I don't know. I've not spoken to Kyle about it. I'm purely speculating. I'm just talking out loud because we're on a podcast. Yes, and you're allowed to do that. It's excellent. I don't want to lose him from a massive chunk and lose the opportunity to see him as much as possible before he does hang up his boots. Oh, I, I agree. And, and let's not forget, prior to the hamstring niggle, niggle that, he, that he suffered, 
he he was playing a decent brand of football. He he was in some okay form. I I was nervous as to how he was going to go this year because I didn't think last year he played all that well. But but prior to the hamstring injury, he was actually doing quite well, uh, sitting in the middle of the park, not getting involved too much in the attacking side of things, letting the other central midfielder, whether that was Everton Louise, Demir Krylak, or Nick Beasler even, mm-hmm. kind of push forward and, and, and open up some space and generate chances. And mm-hmm. Kyle was, was ha- seems to be happy kind of sitting in the park, less running for the old badger, uh, which I'm sure he's okay with at this point in his career. So <laughs> um, if he can play his position correctly and well, then then he's fine and... Uh, I still think it's going to be Beasler and Everton Louise in the centre of the park. I, I don't think Albert Rusnak is going to play as, you know, look, he came off in the 60th odd minute. Um, he had his head in his hands with his, uh, I believe it was his right foot elevated with ice on it. Yeah, one of his, feet, uh, yeah, one yeah. Of his ankles had ice on it. He, he just, he didn't look like. He was comfortable, and that's never a good sign, especially when you're trying to when you're trying to play three games in nine days. And midway through that stretch, you're uh, you're icing your ankle, and um, you don't look happy. You don't look comfortable. He looked like he was in some distress. So I don't think he's worth the risk, to be honest with you. Platter doesn't warrant a start. There's no way Platter starts against the Red Bulls. He's been poor for the last month or so. Whether he's coming off the bench predominantly or uh, against Montreal, we saw Wednesday evening he he started and 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 did not offer much, specifically defensively, as you mentioned. Berfo Salcedo led the team in tackles against Atlanta United, yeah. which is just a remarkable feat for somebody playing on the left hand flank. Sam Johnson will play at the striking spot. Corey Baird, I imagine, gets a start, and then who knows who plays centrally in 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 position of Rusnak or Krylak, whether that's Baird, Savarino, they might change the formation up, I, I don't know, but there I mean, are options. I mean, and at the same time, you can, you can see that there's an argument that if Kyle is fit enough, that him, uh, Everton Louise and Nick Beasler all start in a midfield three, and you really hunker down in the middle. If you're chasing the game, if you go a goal down, then you have options like Joao Plata, like Corey Baird or Severino or Belfort Salcedo, uh, Brooks Lennon even, uh, to come off the bench and give you more attacking options. But there is, um, you know, last last couple, well, two seasons ago, we, we had, um, or last year, I should say, we had that when we went to LAFC, not the playoff game, uh-huh. where Mike changed the formation, uh, went three at the back. Uh, just to try something new, to try and get some results on the road. Uh, and I admire him for doing that. I thought it was a, a, a brave and awesome move to, to try and counteract that and just try to find a different way. I see that as well. Uh, seven points on the road isn't too bad. It's not great, but it's not too bad so far. I mean, if we can be a little bit more defensive and use both of us, I'll Savarino and Johnson over the top and go incredibly uh, counter-attacking, uh, try to get in behind New York, then I, I wouldn't mind a, a, th- a three-man midfield with a little less creativity but uh, forcing the uh, the New York out wide. The, the better teams in Major League Soccer find ways to pick up points on the road. And there, there's no question about it. It is a tremendously difficult task. So a point on the road this upcoming weekend against the Red Bulls would be a victory for Real Sol. If they can, if they can somehow manage to pick up a draw, then they will fly back to Salt Lake City, a very happy team, 
Um, now again, that's so so much easier said than done. It is very very difficult, and you you have to throw in the fact that they played a midweek game against Montreal, um, in which Albert Ruznak got bruised. Up and Demir Krylak picked up a yellow card. So the odds are against Real Salt Lake. So mm-hmm. as we look towards the Red Bulls, Spenner, what what is it about the Red Bulls who are in form, mind you? We talked about their positioning uh, in the MLS standings, Eastern Co- Conference standings. That they're, they're they're high up in the East, uh, sitting in fifth right now. They're playing a decent brand of football because they got off to a slow start. But what is it about them that, that has you think and maybe RSL a chance or, or maybe they're not, depending on the style of play in which RSL come out and uh, perform with? Yeah, I mean, obviously there is, you know, the, when you look at them, they, they um, I wouldn't say RSL and New York Rebels mirror each other, but they have a similar philosophy of how they um, produce their squads. There's a lot of young players um, they don't have a massive wage bill. Um, they rely on the younger players, homegrown players as well. Uh, but they also bring in um, experience around them. Uh, obviously, they've got some really talented uh, players. Um, Aaron Long, um, a centre-back that that I admire, has, has been a really uh, solid player for them. Um, then you look at the young forward whilst uh, Sean uh, – sorry – not Sean Wright Phillips, Bradley Wright Phillips, sorry, the brother, uh, has gone down. Tom Barlow, the young forward uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, has been a a, a solid player for them. They, they, As I said, they bring in some um, experienced players. Uh, the one that, uh, uh, that, that I'm a, a massive fan of is uh, former uh, St. Pauli uh, def- uh, midfielder uh, Mark uh, Schakowsky. Um, is a, a German international, one player that I really, really uh, admire on their squad. They've just got some a really good spine of experience, like Real Salt Lake, and then they've they've got uh, you know a sprinkling of young players. So they've been doing this, and they've been set up properly uh, for I'd say that you know since I'm not going to say since Mike Pecky left because even under Mike Pecky they won the the Supporters Shield, but after he left and, and the, the dust settled there. Um, Jesse Marsh did an amazing job uh, of developing that squad. Uh, he's got his opportunity to move on and go over to Germany, be an assistant coach there, uh, and stay within the Red Bull family. Uh, interested to see what he happens with his career as well. But at the, at the same time, the, the brand that all um, three well-known Red Bull teams, Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig, and, and Red Bull New York, um, they they play a good solid brand of football where they have a solid spine and they produce their own talent and and I think it's uh, really good for the league. I've never been a huge fan of the Red Bull brand, so to speak, Tom. I think it's soulless a little bit, but at the same time, the product on the field is is superb. Very much so. Uh, the, there are some things going in favour of Real Salt Lake as as you you take a look at the previous meetings. You'd have to go back to June twenty fourth of twenty fifteen. Uh, for the last time in which the Red Bulls picked up all three points against Real Salt Lake. Now, that that was played out there in New York. It was a 1-0 victory, but uh, the recent matchup of of last year, that occurred early in the season, March 17th, at Rio Tinto Stadium. RSL picked up the 1-0 victory. They drew in 2017, and then RSL won again at home, 2-1 in 2016. Uh, So the last time RSL went, to New York, they picked up a nil-nil point, uh, which we, we're all promising. And then you look at the numbers uh, for this season, uh, very, very similar numbers. They've both played 14. They've both won six games. 
Um, they've both scored 21 goals. Uh, granted, uh, Real Salt Lake have conceded 23 goals to New York 16. So uh, defensively, it, it seems, at least on paper, that uh, New York are a bit more stout across the back four than what Real Salt Lake have shown this season. Uh, regardless, it's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating contest, um, and I do believe Real Salt Lake can manage to pick up all three points. They should certainly be looking to pick up at least a point and come back to Salt Lake City, a, a very happy team. But uh, predictions, Spenno. What, what, what do you think is going to happen this upcoming weekend, score-wise? Yeah, I think it's going to be a stronger team from Real Salt Lake uh, defensively uh, and in the center of the park. Um, I'm going to go with my same prediction as Minnesota, uh, sorry, as uh, uh, Montreal Impact. I know it sounds very boring, but I'm going to go with 1-1 again, uh, and I would have taken uh, uh, a, a point uh, on the road to, to New, York, uh, New York Rebels anytime. I, I'm going to go with 2-2. I, I, I think there will be goals scored in this game, as uh, there have been in the past. And 2-2, uh, if, if Real Salt Lake can manage to, to pick up uh, a point, is certainly a win in their eyes. So um, that's all she wrote for us this, uh, this time round. We'll be back next week, despite RSL being on a bye. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the Red Bulls match. We'll look forward to the summer transfer window and uh, of course the Chicago Fire in which Real Salt Lake will travel to on the 22nd of June. Maybe, just maybe, Spenno, Joao Plata will no longer be with Real Salt Lake by the time we speak to you next. I don't know. There are rumours and uh, who who knows how long that process will take. But uh, until next time, we hope you guys have a safe and enjoyable weekend. And we look forward to hopefully speaking to you next week about a positive Real Salt Lake match against the Red Bulls. Up the Reds. Up the Reds? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Come on, you toys. Goodbye.